This is Melanie Ake. Today on Everyday Leaders, you'll meet Jennifer Garrett, an author of Move the Ball, a playbook designed to improve your strategy in life. I'm really excited to share what's happening at Everyday Leaders. Go to everydayleaders.com. Subscribe to my website where you can learn strategies to become a leader in your own life. On the everydayleaders.com podcast page, you can connect to the guest of the 2019 Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 Leadership Summit and listen to your favorite episodes of the Everyday Leaders 50 and 50 podcast. Now, if you're ready to take the next step and become a leader in your own life, go to my Everyday Leaders store, select the Life Strategies courses, corporate strategy workshops, or even personal coaching. Go to everydayleaders.com Subscribe and keep up to date on all of our programs and valuable leadership lessons. When you subscribe to Everyday Leaders, you'll be entered into our monthly giveaway to receive a round to it. If you need accountability in your life, this is a great way to start. Go to everydayleaders.com and become a leader in your life. Welcome to Everyday Leaders 50 and 50. Jennifer Garrett, thanks for coming on Everyday Leaders. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, for our listeners, you are the author of Move the Ball, and I really want to dive deep into this playbook (laughs) and have you share with us all the things that you're learning about leadership. And this show is about inspirational leadership and, and having people start to identify how they can overcome obstacles. And I think man, a playbook is, is what we all talk about. If I could only have a playbook for my life. So I really appreciate you coming on. And tell me a little bit about your background for our listeners and where you kind of got started and, and how you developed this idea of writing this book specifically. Sure. So my background, I spent 20 years in corporate America working in large Fortune 50 companies in a variety of roles from engineering to program management to legal, um, business development, you name it. I've done quite a few different roles. I have seven degrees, so I've been in school for quite a long time, uh, but I love to learn and I don't think learning only occurs in the formal education setting, but I do love academia. So uh, I was fortunate to uh, have some tuition assistance programs through my employers that uh, allowed me to continue doing the formal education. Uh, With regards to the book, um, I have always been a football super fan ever since I was a kid. And I've studied the game just inside and out. And I've applied so many lessons from the sport of American football to my life in overcoming um, challenges, obstacles. And I decided Uh, that I was going to write a book to share those principles and and thoughts with others so that they could apply them to their own lives. I just love it because when I think about, I played hockey for so many years, and I think about the strategy as a defenseman and and looking at how to, you know, move the puck and go to where the puck is going instead of where the puck is and all those concepts. And so taking what you call this playbook 
and saying how you can apply it to your business and your life. You know, it's really pretty simplistic. (laughs) So many of us are on teams at work or in our social life, or we've been involved in some kind of a team sport. And so when you kind of brought this all together and put this together for football related, who was your favorite team when you were growing up? So I grew up in Chicago, and so I I grew up with Chicago Bears of the 80s. Great time to be a Chicago Bears fan. I mean, the 85 Bears team was uh, such a great team, not only from their on-the-field performance, but just who they were as characters and leaders. And so um, that was my team growing up, and it's still my my team today. Still your team today. So who was your player that, that you felt really connected to? Walter Payton. Um, Walter was just, I mean, how could you not love who he was? I mean, he was just a great person both on and off the field. And I talk about that, how it's important to not only be the great player in like in the work setting or in the official capacity, but also outside of that and off the field, so to speak. And I think that Walter just really, is a great role model for being that way, you know, Mm 24-7. And so many people need mentors, right? And when we talk about leadership, if they haven't had that capacity to have leaders in their life, this is really going to help them understand how to connect that. Looking at coaches or inspirational um, team members or, or inspirational leaders in their work environment, right? To be able to kind of put that together and say, these are this is something that I want to live up to. And and so that's the kind of the strategic uh, encouragement, I think, that this helps anyone to be able to connect to that. Be all-star players in their life, right? Yes, absolutely. So as you're going through and, and thinking about, you know, having seven degrees and kind of thinking like, oh, I want to go in this direction and I want to learn more about this, so often we hear about, you know, we go through high school and we go through college and sometimes we don't develop ourselves. We just figure that life is going to happen and then we're going to learn what we need to learn when we need to learn it. And so as an inspirational coach and, and um, kind of you know, getting your law degree, what did you learn about yourself that kept you um, in the academia world saying, I want to achieve more, I want to learn about this at a higher level? Sure. I have a tremendous thirst for learning. And again, that doesn't have to be through academia specifically. I'm learning every day. But um, for me, I I think that's just kind of who I was growing up. I I went to a really great uh, private school in uh, Chicago in elementary. And the continued focus on always learning and challenging yourself to, to be familiar with new concepts and just grow that way was there ever since I was a kid. And so I had that foundation and uh, I've always just wanted to learn more things. And people would sometimes ask me like, well, did you not know what you wanted to do? Is that why you kept going to school? And the answer to that is no. Um, A, I love to learn, but B, the fact that I have this diverse set of experiences and background in education really allows me to be a more value added and uniquely value-added contributor Mm -hmm. to any team because I have this set of education and background that other people don't have. And so just to give you a quick example of that, when I 
worked with a bunch of engineering folks because I have an engineering background. I could explain business concepts in ways that resonated with the engineering folks and vice versa. If they were trying to explain some things to uh, the business folks or the legal team, there may be some communication gaps or, or, or mis, uh, miscommunication. And so I could help bridge that gap because I had the experience from both domains, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it's all about, you know, people having the credibility and the confidence, right? And I think the more that you learn, the more you can connect. And as a leadership coach myself, you know, I know that's the biggest thing that I coach my teams on is if you can connect to your uh, whatever your customer needs, right? Adding that value, being able to really come down to a level to say, if we take this apart from an engineering standpoint and go back to the very beginning, what is it that we can do to build something great together? And I, I think that's what really connected me to to you as I thought about, you know, how you put what you communicate in writing this book and saying it's a playbook at how many times that we sit down at a, at a boardroom table no matter what industry we're in. And we have to design something that's going to really be kind of that next level, that next step, that next goal. So that's why I think everybody can connect to this. <laughs> everybody needs this to be able to guide them through whatever it is they're trying to, to be challenged with in their workplace, in their career, in their family. Uh, I think it's really helpful. Thank you. And I just want to add to, you know, you mentioned the word confidence. And I think it's important as leaders that we need to be confident people and not confident in terms of just self-confidence, but confident in terms of that we may not have all the answers and that's okay because we're going to bring in the other people that we need to and leverage their expertise. And when you look at really successful people, they're not afraid to say, hey, I don't know what this needs to look like, but let's talk through it with the people that may have the expertise, right, to figure it out. And so I think just by when you're in that boardroom, having the courage to bring up the questions that you may not have the answers to, because someone else may not also have those answers. And so you can have those healthy debates, that dialogue, that communication to really put it all on the table and figure out what is the right game plan or strategy to move forward in whatever goal it is you're working on. I love how you said that so eloquently, right? It's all about having that confidence to say, I don't know it all, and I can get value from what you have, and together we can make the right decisions. We can make the right plan of attack. So many times, now you've got military training, you've got, you know, being a lawyer, being involved in all of these different capacities, you can see things from so many different perspectives where many people may only have their one, you know, I've done this for so many years, I've gone to school to be a specialist in this. And so how do you step back? Um, because you, you know, as leaders, we talk about people that see more before have more capacity. And you're one of those people. You, you can see down the road, you can see kind of the vision for what it could look like if, if we do this together. And so what, what's one of the techniques that you use when you bring a group of people together to kind of start them on this journey? Sure. So I, I do like to think that one of my strengths is that ability to, to project forward and have that vision. So when I think about where I'm looking to go with an organization, I'm thinking about a couple things. One, making sure I have the right people 
in the room Mm -hmm. um, in terms of not only, you know, I want to bring all my A-plus team members together. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you want to make sure you have the right skill set and expertise of people in the room to have those discussions and the critical thinking. And so um, I think it's very important to be inclusive in who you invite into meetings, even if there may be some, um, the word I'm looking for, even if there may be some conversations that where there's conflict or there's some competing interests, I think it's important to not avoid those and to be fully present. And how do you be fully present as you invite all the stakeholders, whether or not there could be a conflict or not, in the room to really talk through it. So that's the first part is making sure you have the right people in the room. Second, it's really level setting the team at the onset of the discussion as far as what is the objective of pulling everyone together and making sure that everyone is clear on that. And if people are not clear on it, that you gain alignment early on so that way you can make the most use of the time that you have with people and you can be more productive earlier on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that that's key. So many times, you know, in environments, many people may feel I don't have a voice or my opinion doesn't matter because I am not at with a title, right? And so many times that we learn that there is so much about influence and sometimes people can be leaders from different positions and they don't have to have the title necessarily, but they have the vision and they may be able to add so much to this conversation or this boardroom or being able to say, well, why can't we think about it, you know, in a different concept? And so I I love kind of how you set that up. If you've got the right people, the right mindset, the right thinkers, then you can get a lot more done quickly by identifying them. Exactly. Yep. And so, you know, sometimes it's this mental toughness, you know, that you need to win a game. And so those kind of thinkers, um, like-minded people are going to be able to propel that organization forward. And so getting, you know, getting that group um, together is going to be able to propel an organization so much faster. And, And so when we talk about, you know, the kinds of organizations that you work with, um, Jennifer, what are the, what would you say are, um, you know, your key strategies for how you're approaching your business? Yeah. So first of all, I, I want to know when I work with these organizations, kind of, you know, what are their core competencies? What are they in business to do and where are they looking to go? So what is their strategy? Some of them are kind of trying to figure that out. Some of them have a well-defined strategy they're executing, but they have, they're having some issues on the execution side of it, but they know where they're trying to go. And so it depends on kind of where an organization is at with that. Do they have those organization or objectives and strategies defined, or are they still trying to figure that out? Mm-hmm. And so once we have figured out where they want to go, it's really about that playbook and identifying, okay, what are these mini milestones that you can also achieve? How can you leverage your strengths? How can you minimize your gaps to be able to make that forward progress uh, towards those goals? But by breaking it down into, uh, I call them first down markers, by breaking it down into these more mini goals and having measures of success along the way, that can be helpful 
um, for two reasons. One, it, it gives you something to measure, right? So you can see if you're making progress or not. You can also pivot and make adjustments if things are not going according to plan, because we all know that happens sometimes. And then secondly, which I think is, is even more important, is once you achieve these measures of success or these milestones, then you take a minute to celebrate that, to recognize the team's hard work and accomplishments, and then you use that momentum to, to kind of keep going forward. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think one of the, one of the quotes that, um, that I like to call out here, I just wanted to talk about this with you, is, you know, to accomplish great things, we must not only act but also dream, not only plan but also believe. And so many times when you're in these boardrooms, when you're kind of thinking about, you know, strategically, how do we get the ball to the next down? How do we make, you know, the goal for the next 90 days so that we can achieve our strategic financial plan, right? If the people in that group, the people on that team aren't believers in that process, right? Those ones that are undermining or they're <laughs> the ones that are making the uh, the flags <laughs> as you, um, you know, as you're thinking about football, um, but those are the, the ones that are pulling you back from reaching the goals. You know, you've got to have those people on the team that completely believe in this process. So picking those those right team members is really strategically important. Absolutely. And sometimes people will ask you, well, we can't always pick our team, right? We, we kind of have who we have. Mm-hmm. And so how do you do that when you don't have that luxury mm-hmm. of being able to pick everybody? And I think, and, and I completely agree with you. I mean, if you can pick the people that believe and um, are all in from the get-go, that's great. But that isn't always the mm-hmm. So I want to throw in, how do you deal with situations where you can't just pick your team members and you've got who you've got? Exactly. And so I think it's important when you're looking at, if you're, Looking at challenging the status quo, and some people are not willing to change, then it really goes around, how do you get those people to buy in? How do you convince them that this is the way to go and this and the path that you want to go is very possible uh, to achieve? Sometimes people have expertise uh, that they may be unwilling to share because they're afraid, they're shy people, but they may have very valid concerns. Right. And so you it's really having those one on one conversations with the people that may not be those believers initially so that you can understand what their hesitations are and talk through the issues that they may have so that you can turn those non-believers into believers. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to, to talk about that because I think it's important to not discount people because they're not initially on board. Exactly. Let's find out why. They might not believe that this is a path to success and see if maybe they have valuable insight that we need to make some adjustments because of what they know, as an example. Right? So I think it's encouraging people to have that courage to have the dialogues and, and really see why people aren't believing. But absolutely, I mean, if you don't believe that the outcome is possible, the likelihood of it happening is quite lower than <laughs> if, you, if you all do believe. So it's important to get that alignment and that buy-in early on. (laughs) Well, you know, I think that's so true. And so many times that we look around the room in a boardroom and we say, oh, my gosh, why are all of us together? 
we, we don't really see things the same way, but everybody has value. And looking at the perspective, what I love about you is you've got so many different perspectives at a higher level that you can really, um, you know, you come as this credible force to be able to say, I understand, right? Empathy is such a great leadership quality to be able to say, hey, you know, the person that's sitting on the bench, maybe they can help us win the game. Because they've got exactly what it's going to take. They've got the fortitude. They've got the determination. They've got the spirit. They've got whatever that is to be able to move, you know, their group forward. And that may just, you know, take us over the edge for for the quarter results. Um, so many times, uh, leaders um, that are running organizations, and and I kind of think about this with you because you might go into a situation where. You know, you don't have a lot of experience with that that group or that team. And so as you were trying to learn them, you know, learning the personalities and how someone may try to, I, I think, you know, at times manipulate your thoughts before getting to know, you know, that group and saying, oh, we want to do this. But as you get to know them and you really start to understand what they're trying to achieve, you know, many times you may have... Um, maybe different lessons or different strategies, right? As you know, as you start to learn their strengths. Um, and I want to ask you, what do you think about the the book uh, Strength Finders? You know, I've, I've read that, but it's a long time ago since I read it. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think it's, it's something that is good about a book like that is it helps people be more aware yeah. of themselves, right? And so I know there's a number of books out there that really focus you on kind of your, either your style or your strengths. And so I I think it's good for people to really understand. I mean, self-awareness is key. It's key for a couple of things. One, just so you can focus on how you can improve as an individual and a person, but also so you can understand how you work and how you can adapt your style to interact with other people. Mm -hmm. And that is so key. And that's exactly what I, (laughs) what I thought you were going to say, but um, you know, for strength finders, I think specifically it looks at 34 different qualities and it really does. I, I have seen this used so many times in corporations where, you know, it's how do people fall and then what groups will they fit in best so that they can, Mm -hmm. you know, perform better. And so what I love about it is a lot of times people won't um, be aware of where they sit yet uh, until you really focus on that. So doing strategies, doing um, any kind of workshops, right, are going to give them that perspective to be able to step into that. But um, so thanks for sharing uh, your ideas on on that, because I, I think it's so important as we as coaches, you know, be able to say, pick the people that may not be all the same. But if you have um, a, a plethora of different personalities and different strengths, you're going to be able to really bring that team um, to that that goal line in many different ways. Absolutely. So. Tell me about when you, um, in your book, when you talk about the SMART system, right? And so we talked a little bit about being um, measurable, but can you take me through um, when you said, if you think about SMART, how do you teach that? Yeah, so so SMART is a, it's really a tool that was designed to help people be a little bit more concrete 
in their goals and um, give you something that you can measure yourself towards. So SMART, for those that don't know, it stands for specific, measurable, um, depending on what version, it could be actual or alignment. Um, and then the R stands for relevant or realistic, and the T is time-bound. And so really what it's looking at doing is helping people set clear, specific goals that um, are actionable and that are realistic or rel – I use the term relevant instead of realistic. Mm -hmm. um, and the reason why I use the term relevant is because you want to make sure that the goals align with your values, your purpose, if it's an individual goal. If it's an organizational goal, same thing. You want to make sure the goals that you are setting really align with your business. And if you are um, trying to flow down those goals, lower-level goals to your organization, you want to make sure that there's a clear tie to the higher-level goals so people understand exactly what, where they fit in to the overarching business objectives. And then the T is the time-bound piece, and that's so important because if you don't set a time frame for a particular goal, the chances of you achieving it are a lot less because you don't have that concrete timeline that you're working to. Now, you may not hit that timeline because of a number of different external factors or reprioritization of things in your life or your business, but at least it gives you something to work towards and then you make adjustments to that timeline as you need to. Absolutely. So when you think about this, talk about a little bit about reflection. How do you coach your groups and your teams that you're working with about the importance and the value of reflection? So I, I think reflection is a very important component of being successful because it allows you to look back at where you have been, what you've accomplished, but then it also helps you with positioning for the future, right? So you look at, you reflect back. And so I actually encourage people to reflect from a tactical standpoint to reflect daily. So at the end of the day, you look back at what you've done that day and you use that to plan for where you need to go the next day. So that's one part of reflection. The other piece of reflection is, again, that alignment and making sure that the things that you're doing really um, are consistent with your business's goals and objectives because things change, trends change in industries, et cetera. Regulatory bodies, for example, may go in a different direction. So are you still... Um, going on the right path or are course corrections in order. So having that reflection more of an is important. But then as an individual, it's also important because our priorities change. Things happen in our lives that make what used to be important no longer as important. So you need to continually be reflecting to make sure that the things that you are working towards are still the important things and the right things that you want to be working on going forward. Mm -hmm. So true. So many times I know just being a coach myself and working with clients and you think about, you know, 10 or 12 weeks and you work on something and then you think about the same subject and you're in a different spot. And so everything starts to change because now you're becoming more aware or you've achieved something that you didn't think you could achieve before. And that is a great lesson that so many people need um, to just remember and to be able to apply to their own lives. Um, 
And sometimes we forget, right? <laughs> we forget how powerful that is. It's, uh, it's amazing. Once we start practicing these disciplines, how much further we can get in life and in business um, just by doing these simple things. So tell me. Sure. And I think I was just going to add to that. Yeah. And you know, we talked about confidence earlier, but that goes to confidence too. Sometimes we don't think that we can achieve something. And then once we have achieved it, then it gives us greater confidence to believe in our abilities and our skills to continue to do other things. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times people will talk about, you know, the goals that we have. And so, you know, thinking about the Chicago Bears and, you know, how do they feel like they could go up against the Indianapolis Colts, right? And so, so many times, though, we have to start with smaller goals, smaller achievements so that we can be confident, right? Like we've just talked about. And I think it's so important as we begin kind of this journey in either forming a new team, a new company, a new organization, um, a new business, maybe we're entrepreneurs, to be able to continue to believe that you can just little bit at a time, move that ball every single day with that consistency and being able to know that in the end, if you do all of these things uh, in a manner that is bringing credibility to you, to being able to be aware, to bringing the right people and having the right mentors, right, to get you to that next level, that you will be able to achieve that end result and that end goal and win that game for yourself. Absolutely. So tell me a little bit about, we haven't talked about this, but tell me about your family. Tell me about where you fall in your family and, uh, and how you grew up. Sure. So um, for me, I, my family, I have five children ages 23 to two. So there's quite a, there's a 20 year gap between the <laughs> oldest and the youngest. So uh, there's never a dull moment at my house. <laughs> <laughs> so boys, girls, sports players. Uh, my oldest is a boy and the rest are girls. Oh. And my son played football um, when he was in high school. And uh, so I, in the book, I mentioned some examples yep. from um, his high school playing days. And the book actually has 26 chapters in it, which I did purposely because that was his number when he played <laughs> in high school. <laughs> and I think, you know, before, um, when you when you think about, you know, having having your family and having this big gap, Right. Um, and so you can't necessarily have your own football team yet, <laughs> but there are so many things that you learn about, you know, teaching kids how to have relationships and how, how to be able to be strong and confident in their own life. And so moving through this, I'm sure they look up to you and say, hey, mom, I'm sure you could answer all these questions for us and give us advice and help us get through any situation. What, what do you think um, in being a coach? How have you related that to your kids? What was maybe one, um, can you give us a story uh, about something that really connected you to them through this? Yeah, I think one thing that I've always encouraged my children to do is to never be afraid to put themselves out there and take the risk and see where it goes if it's something that they're very interested in. And I'll share a very quick story for you. I have my daughter, Jalen, she's 16, she's a junior at Barrington High School, and um, when we moved back to Chicago two years ago, I purposely chose this high school because they had a program called the Incubator EDU program, and what it was was an entrepreneurship program, and so you, you form a team, 
at the beginning of the, of the school year and you go through the whole process of analyzing the market, trying to find problems to solve, and then once you come up with your idea, really doing the market analysis, and at the end of the year, you pitch in front of an investor group. And so there were 19 teams um, this year that pitched at her school. Five of them went to the finals, and her team was the only team that got all the funding. So they're in the process of um, actually forming their company now, and next year they're going to spend the year really executing and growing their business while in high school, which I think is just amazing. That is um, amazing. But it's really, it's really about just you know going for it, testing it, seeing where it goes. And uh, so it, it's really neat to see that uh, – that they're, they're moving forward in the program. Well, congratulations to you, Mom. What an inspiration. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty exciting to see. That is awesome. <laughs> I can't wait to meet her. <laughs> oh, she's amazing. She's so driven and hardworking. Um, and so, yeah, she's. I joke with her because we, we look very similar, too. So when people see us, they're like, there's no question whose daughter you are. <laughs> um, so I always tell her she's my mini-me. Well, that's a great story. And I absolutely love, you know, connecting to you, knowing how powerful you are. Your your mindset has always been to challenge yourself, to challenge others, to challenge kind of what you believe that you can do. And so that's why I really loved having you be a guest on here, loved hearing your story, really want to promote, you know, your book to be able to connect people to the leadership principles that we really all believe these are the simple things that you can do to win in life, in business. Uh, I love the story about your daughter. I'm so excited for you <laughs> to learn what's going to happen next with her and to watch her grow. But um, do you have, in closing, do you have any last words for us of advice and how we can connect and and uh, and even get you into our organizations to come talk to us? Yeah, so I, mean, I guess one thing that I would leave you with as a final thought is I talk a lot about and in the book too about you being the quarterback in your own life and I think it's important for people to really understand that they need to take ownership over what game it is they're playing and this is in your personal life in your career and in your business it really falls on you to take action to move the ball forward and to hold yourself accountable in the workplace it's easy because other people are, are pinging us to, to get stuff done. But outside of the workplace, who's holding you accountable to work on those things that are important for your uh, personal development, for your interests and, and whatever goals you have in life. So really taking ownership and that accountability is key and believing that you can do it. I mean, I think that if you set your mind to it, you can achieve anything. And I know that sounds so cliche, but it really is true. It really is true. And you're proof. Thank you. <laughs> you're amazing, Jennifer Garrett. Thank you very much for being a guest on Everyday Leaders 50 and 50. I can't wait to connect to you live. Uh, it's been just a pleasure to have you uh, on the show and to hear your story. And I really am excited to promote this for you as well. Well, thank you so much. And I mean, anyone listening, I would welcome you to reach out to me. Um, if I can share my website, if that's okay. Absolutely. Um, it, it, it's just www.jenniferagarrett.com. And I mean, I'd love to see how I can help or be a resource. I believe that we can all help one another do great things in this life. And um, I'm happy to chat with anyone. 
wonderful. Thank you so much. Have a great 2019. And I will get all of this information out when we post the podcast. It'll be on Apple iTunes, the Google Play Store, Spotify, and and we will definitely be promoting this for you. So Jennifer Garrett, thank you so much for being a leader and being on Everyday Leaders. Thank you again for having me. Hi, I'm Melanie Ake with Everyday Leaders. I wanted to invite you to join my leadership class. It's Life Strategies 101, where I'm going to take you through the everyday 15 laws of growth. It's an amazing journey. It's 15 weeks with me as your personal coach. Join me, everydayleaders.com, and sign up today.